0: Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is the podcast to help you scale your Shopify store into a money-making machine. Black Friday will hit different this year. Are you ready? Market shifts, supply chain issues, and unpredictable consumer behavior means getting your inventory levels just right will be a major challenge. That is, unless you use Inventory Planner. Inventory Planner is the top-rated inventory planning app on Shopify. It tells you exactly which items to purchase and exactly when to purchase them based on reliable forecasts of future demand for your products taking seasonality and market shifts into account so you never overstock unpopular items or run out of stock when orders spike start your 14-day free trial now at inventory-planner.com forward slash trial now over to your host nick truman Hey guys, and welcome to the Winning With Fight podcast. This week is going to be a little different because Nick is off sick and he has lost his voice. So I've told him to rest up so that he can come back online and be back with you guys for next week. My name is Byron. I'm the production director at the Winning With Fight podcast. I decided to step in so that we didn't miss a week for you. And today I am joined by Nathan Hirsch. So Nathan is a lifelong entrepreneur and currently the CEO of Econ Balance and Outsource School. This is going to be a lightning episode, so it's going to be jam-packed, full of information, and I hope you really, really enjoy it. Hey, Nate, and welcome to the show. First things first, do you want to let everyone know what you do?
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So currently I run a company called Ecom Balance, which is a monthly bookkeeping service for e-commerce sellers. Uh, But before that, I was a big e-commerce seller myself. I I started selling in 2008 and and sold $25 from 2008 to 2016. But most people know me for starting the Free Up Marketplace, which is an e-commerce hiring platform um, that I founded and sold right after selling on Amazon. And currently I run Ecom Balance, the monthly bookkeeping service and Outsource School, which is a membership where I teach people my hiring processes.
0: Amazing, amazing! Well, it was fantastic to have you on the show, and yeah, you've definitely got quite a journey. So we were um, we were super keen to have you on. So why did you originally become an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I growing up, I, my parents always made me have real jobs. I started working when I was fifteen. Every summer, every winter vacation, I'd work after school, and I I kind of learned quickly that I hated having a boss, and I kind of got a a glimpse of what life was like after college, getting a real job with responsibilities, and I didn't want any part of it. So when I got to college, I started just buying and selling people's textbooks on the side to, to make a little extra money. I remember getting pretty upset that the school, I felt like, was ripping me off. I would buy books for hundreds of dollars and sell them back for, for pennies on the dollar. So I started competing with my school's bookstore. And before I knew it, I had a, a nice little operation going. I had kids lining up outside my door to, to sell me their books. And um, I, from there, I, I actually got a cease and desist letter from my college uh telling me to, to knock it off and and stop competing with them. <laughs> so that was kind of my my first taste as an entrepreneur and and I'd sold some of these books on Amazon. I didn't want to get kicked out of college cuz my parents were teachers and and that wouldn't have gone over well. So I started experimenting selling on Amazon and and that's really why I got into it and and how I got started.
0: Oh, wow, amazing. And how how long ago was that? That was 2009-ish. So between 2009 and now 2022, what are the key lessons you've learned from your entrepreneurial journey?
1: Yeah, I I like to test things with a minimum viable product. So like with uh, even going back to the textbook business, I bought a few people's textbooks. I took a a small amount of risk. Worst case, I, I lost a little money on them. Um, But best case, it turned into a little side business. And then on the Amazon account, I started dropshipping before I even knew it was called dropshipping. I had the idea that I'm in college, I don't have a place to store inventory or money to buy inventory, what if I built relationships with these different vendors and I would list their products and sell them, they would keep my credit card on file and ship them where I asked them to and, and I'd make the difference and I just tested it out. And I did 10, 20 orders and if I got some bad reviews I probably would have shut it down and moved on to something else and luckily I didn't. And even with free up, I mean, we had all these Amazon VAs and, and freelancers that we were using part-time or seasonal, and we started leasing them out to, to other e-commerce sellers. And again, if we had bad feedback, we probably would have tried something different and people liked it. And we, we proved that we could sell it before we started investing in software and other marketing. And even outsource school we launched a course during the pandemic and if the first 10 people hated it we would have refunded them and moved forward luckily they liked it and and that's when we really put more effort into it and ecom balance we did a beta round with 20 clients where we gave them two free months of bookkeeping to to get feedback and and make sure there was a market for it and uh, again just go instead of dumping $200,000 into an idea and then finding out if it works, we find out if it works with the absolute bare minimum setup. And then only if it works, do we double down and put money and effort into growing the business.
0: Yeah. so it's a very lean model then that you follow rather than investing loads and loads of money and time and things like that. You very much just see if it will work with the bare minimum and then go from there.
1: Yeah. I think one of the issues I had, so I used them in Florida and for whatever reason, the entrepreneur community there, I always felt like it was, they were just asking for money. Like, Hey, if you give me $500,000, then I'll go build this idea. Then I'll sell it. Where in my mind, it's like, no, go, go sell it. Go prove that there's a market for it. And the money will always follow afterwards if there is one.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And some people can spend years, can't they? Years in development and lots and lots of money later to realize that maybe that business isn't actually viable. So I think your model is is such a great one in that, you know, just see if it works first things first, because you could spend yeah so much time and money in investing it into something that, that won't work or isn't viable. So yeah, that's a fantastic method to follow. And so you started free up. Um, you t- you started off with five thousand dollars as an initial investment, and you scaled it to a twelve million dollar business. So tell me, how how did you get free up off the ground with five thousand dollars? Yeah. So, I mean, we had these
1: these Amazon VAs and freelancers that we use for our Amazon business. So, I, I started the Amazon business in college. We got into VAs and freelancers because my partner and I learned that hiring college kids was not very reliable. And we were we were 20. Um, hiring 30-year-old adults didn't seem reasonable either, although maybe we could have done it in hindsight. But we kind of got into the, the VA and freelance world. And we had all these great Amazon and e-commerce VAs. And Amazon was chasing their algorithms and getting harder. and And we didn't see that dropshipping being a long-term thing on Amazon. So we started networking with other e-commerce sellers and they all had the same hiring issue that we had had years before. So we started this service where we would offer people VAs and freelancers. We wouldn't manage them. We weren't an agency, but we would match them up and and do the billing through us and and take a percentage of every hour, every fixed project. And and we initially started with with a few e-commerce sellers we built a website and um, and, and had like a, a bare minimum team, with a few VAs and a website, that's what the $5,000 went into. And then we, we hired a bookkeeper, which is one of the reasons that I'm, I'm a big proponent of hiring a, a bookkeeper from day one, so you can see monthly reports and make decisions based on what the numbers are telling you. So. Every month, we would get that report, and we would see what services were were doing well, and we we would start to market a little bit and and go on podcasts and and write some blog articles. And and that's really how we got it off the ground, and we were doing all this manually. I mean, everything was in Google Sheets. Someone would send me an email. They'd send me a text. They'd Skype me. They'd say, hey, I need an e-commerce customer service rep, I need an e-commerce lister, whatever it was. And then once we had a good amount of clients, maybe 50 clients or so, then we brought in a developer and built out the actual marketplace, the platform where clients would create an account and submit requests through the platform and we had a ticketing system that would match them up with freelancers and freelancers would have their own profile with feedback and, and so we kind of built that out over time and started to invest in, in different marketing strategies. My my business partner, Connor, um, really got good at building websites, really good at SEO, really good at at creating content and partnerships and running a good partnership program. A lot of stuff we do with, with Econ Balance and Outsource School today. Um, so that, that's really how we got it off the ground and we we grew it very organically. Um, the other thing we did that was a big mover is we had an affiliate program that paid out 50 cents every hour build reoccurring forever. So people would be at conferences and they'd be telling people about FreeUp. Influencers would want to promote FreeUp. Um, and, and that was a, a big thing that we brought over to Econ Balance as well, where you get $50 a month reoccurring for anyone you refer for, for bookkeeping. And we tried to have the best affiliate program out there combined with really good customer service. And, and if any issues came up and, and it's a startup, so there's always stuff that comes up, mm-hmm. we would make it right and we'd go above and beyond. So a combination of those things really helped us get off the ground.
0: Amazing. That's fantastic. And it sounds like you very much did follow a a very lean model with that as well. The fact that you almost didn't build out a platform until you had 50 clients. Would you say that was a big reason for your success as well? Like the fact that you were just doubling down on the things that were working and not spending a lot of time on, you know, the, the the development and things like that. You were more just trying to prove the model and trying to get the clients and, and provide the service.
1: Yeah. I'm always a big fan of low risk, high reward situations. And mm-hmm. I, I like to kind of put myself in those positions, like going on podcasts. Now I've been on 700 podcasts, but at the time podcasting was pretty new. And, and for me, it was like, hey, if I go on a bunch of podcasts, like worst case, I just waste some time. Best case, I get in front of thousands of people and, and build partnerships with the hosts and, and network and, and get my brand out there. And so really looking for those low risk, high reward situations, whether it was marketing, whether it was service offered, whether it was software, what, what's the, the, what can we invest in? What, what features does this software have to have that will move the needle, that will make it easier for my team and
0: easier for the clients? That's where, where I, we try to focus on. So what were the the keys to growing from, you know, 1 million to 12 million in yearly sales? Yeah,
1: I mean, it starts with just great service. I mean, we put in a like a replacement guarantee. So if a virtual assistant or freelancer quit, we would cover all replacement costs. We made it free to sign up with no minimum. So there was very low barrier to entry and we were very focused on the front end. What can we do to make the sales process and sign up and, and getting your first VA from us as simple as possible? Um, very similar to like Econ Balance right now. We're very focused on how do we get clients a quote and get them to sign up as quickly and easily, as efficiently as possible. Well, also, on the back end building process for matching up freelancers and what happens when an issue comes up? How do we give someone credit and get them a replacement so they stick around and, and a good replacement? So very just focused on that customer experience while also telling everyone about our referral program while also trying to get in front of different audiences. so a big key for us was figuring out where do our ideal customers hang out and we we would also find partners so we said, hey, Helium 10, you guys provide Amazon software, we provide Amazon VAs, we don't provide Amazon software, you don't provide Amazon VAs, let's partner, let's get your software in front of our audience, let's get our service in front of yours. And over time, we built up hundreds of partnerships with other people in the e-commerce space where they would promote us to their audience and vice versa, and you combine that with podcasts and great customer service and an affiliate program and, and the content and the SEO that we were putting out there, that's how we really started to gain momentum and scale Scale. And we went from one million to five million to nine million to twelve
0: million over four years. Wow, that's amazing! That is some serious growth, absolutely. So, I mean, if it was all going so well, and you know, you were taking it from from one leap to another, why did you end up selling it?
1: Yeah, so we were approached in the early in two thousand nineteen by by one of our clients, uh, Mark Hargrove, David Martin from the Hoth, and they essentially said, "We like the freelancer space. We think it's the the future." Um, we don't build businesses anymore. We buy them. we were looking to acquire a freelance marketplace. Would you guys be interested? We use FreeUp. We like FreeUp. And I mean, just like anything else, we, we heard them out. We didn't necessarily go into 2019 saying, hey, we should, we should unload this thing or we want to sell this thing by the end of the year. But they ended up making us a, a good offer. And there was a lot of factors involved. I mean, growing a business to 12 million is way different than growing it to 25, 50 million. There were going to sure. have to be Drastic changes that would have to be made, and and with no guarantee of success. There, um, keep in mind this was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. The economy was at an all-time high, at least in our minds, and and at the same time, the the space was getting more crowded. I mean, when we started, we were one of the only freelance marketplaces out there besides Upwork and Fiverr, and a lot of these e-commerce agencies didn't really exist. There weren't that many e-commerce service providers, so. Um, on top of that, there were other factors. Like we wanted to take really good care of our team, and and having a good exit would allow us to do that and give them a, a large bonus. And we took five hundred thousand dollars from the sale and, and gave it from our, to our internal team. So there are a lot of factors of hey, yeah, we can continue to grow this, but what, what are what could go wrong if we do that? And are we really the best people to to get this to twenty five to fifty million? We had no experience doing that, and and the people we were selling it to did. So we did a lot of due diligence on them just like they did it on us. We wanted to make sure we were selling it to good people that had great values, that we weren't gonna end up in a lawsuit down the line, they weren't gonna hurt our clients or hurt our team, and that they were gonna honor their word and that they were gonna grow free up. and. And they pass due diligence with, with flying colors. I mean, we really liked everything about them. And we have a great relationship to this day. We, we talk to them pretty regularly. They're almost like mentors to us. So, um, yeah, a lot of factors going through our head. And it was a, a very stressful six months. And during it, you're kind of doubting whether you make the right decision or the wrong decision. But it all kind of worked out during the end.
0: Oh, amazing. Yeah, no, that certainly sounds that way. Definitely. And so what advice do you have for other entrepreneurs that are looking to sell their businesses? Yeah, do due diligence on the buyers. Treat
1: it just like they're going to do diligence on you. You want to know who you're selling it to, what they're going to do with the business. Um, you want to find out what their values are. Who do they care about? Clients? Do they care about people? What past businesses have they bought? What are their successes? What are their failures? Um, you want to know everything. And and a lot of times these deals will have earnouts or they'll have certain clauses that only kick in if certain things happen. So you want to make sure you're selling it to the right people. And and like I said, you don't want to end up in in a lawsuit down the line either. So the best way to protect yourself, yeah, you should do stuff from the legal side. But it's also just selling it to general good people who want the same thing that, that you do and and trying to, to make it a, a
0: win-win. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah, absolutely. And so you have recently or since selling Free Up, you founded Econ Balance. Um, so what led you to start Econ Balance?
1: Yeah, so I mean, bookkeeping has always been a, a big part of, of our businesses. I mentioned we hired a bookkeeper from FreeUp for day one. And every single month, by the 15th, we'd get our income statement balance sheet cash flow, we would have a, a finance meeting in our calendar, we'd go through and we'd make decisions based on what the numbers were telling us. And this is something we've done in all our businesses for the past six plus years. And on top of that, having clean books allowed us to pass due diligence and and sell the company. So bookkeeping has always been important to us. Post-free up, we we started doing some consulting with different e-commerce businesses. And I think we learned pretty quickly that we don't like being consultants. You asked me before this if I do Mm -hmm. one-on-one consulting, we kind of learned that we don't like doing that. But the common theme was before we could give people advice or make decisions or help them make decisions, we had to revamp their bookkeeping process. We were getting good data every single month, and, and that kind of gave us the idea to start a monthly bookkeeping business for e-commerce businesses. And we're actually launching one for, for non-e-commerce businesses called Accounts Balance. Um, but the, the whole thing is we don't do tax, we're not CPAs, but we are very good at hiring bookkeepers. We're very good at building processes that are scalable. And so we wanted to offer a service where clients get charged on the first, By the 15th, like clockwork, um, they get income statement, balance sheet, cash flow, and findings and recommendations. And we wanted to to build the best e-commerce bookkeeping out there because we know how complicated e-commerce businesses can be. And we want people to be able to make decisions based on what the numbers are actually telling them each
0: month. That makes so much sense. Yeah, definitely. I think there is, there's such a big gap for that as well, isn't there? Because there are so many bookkeeping websites and software and services out there, but not necessarily for e-commerce businesses. And I think um, it's so different. And so, yeah, building a platform just for that is 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 amazing. And so what are the biggest bookkeeping mistakes you see sellers make? There, there's two big ones that a lot of bookkeepers
1: that don't understand e-commerce uh, make. So the first one is a lot of people will take the net that's deposited in their bank account and make that the top line of their income statement when that's not really how it works. Like the sales you make on Amazon, the sales you make on Shopify, that's your top line. And then there's different fees and returns and refunds and stuff that, that go underneath that before you get the net. And most people need to use a tool like A2X or um, there's like link my books, connect my books, in order to get accurate marketplace and information that it reconciles. So a lot of people will go wrong on the on the top end there. And then the, the other thing is Doing accrual versus cash basis, like free up was the type of business that you could get by with with cash basis accounting because any transaction that goes in, it can appear on your books right away, and you can get an accurate understanding of profit and loss every single month. With e commerce, it's a little bit more complicated. You got inventory, you've got terms with vendors, and and, and different stuff like that. So you really want to have your bookkeeping on accrual base. If, if you're buying fifty thousand dollars worth of inventory, you don't want that fifty thousand dollars to show up in January. That might look like a pretty bad month and February, March, April might look pretty good, but that doesn't really tell you anything. You want to cost a good average it out or have it display in the month that you actually sell the product. And if you're going to sell your e-commerce business and Joe Valley from quiet Light, one of the people that I really like in the space talks about this in, in his book if you want to get the highest multiple you have to have your books in accrual and it's way harder to go back and turn cash into accrual it's way easier to just do accrual for, from day one so that, that that's kind of my my two biggest things that, that I see from people in the e-commerce space
0: and so if our audience and listeners wanted to get started on econ balance how would they go about doing that yeah just go to econbalance.com mention this
1: podcast you get two free months of bookkeeping you can submit for a pricing quote and you can even book a call with me right on the website
0: fantastic amazing well thank you so much for coming on nate thanks for having me yeah that was super interesting lots and lots of little nuggets there i think that a lot of people will have to take away with them so thank you so much i hope everyone enjoyed that episode and tune in next week for the next one thanks for listening to today's podcast you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter for exclusive offers at winningwithshopify.com And don't forget to check out our Facebook group by searching for Winning with Shopify on Facebook. Over and out.